What would you do if you could do anything? Welcome back to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. We are online, we are on Zoom, uh, people are distributed all over the world and you need different kinds of communication and leadership skills in that environment. And even going forward, you know, what is happening with Metaverse and, and uh, Web 3.0, you know, we need different skills for that as well. So all of a sudden we have to combine in-person, online, virtual reality. <laughs> we have to, you know, we are combining all of this into this, you know, humanity and leadership and, and how to be in the world. So of course we need different kinds of skills. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that the only constant is change. So what does that change mean for the way we lead? How do we communicate so that people will actually listen to us, so that people will trust us? And in a world of digital realities and the metaverse, what is authenticity anyway? These are the questions I'm diving in today with executive communications coach Mario Hellman. Mario joined me from her home in Helsinki, Finland, to talk to me about what she calls next-gen leadership, leadership that is defined by empathy, integrity, and an acceptance of what we don't know. We talk about how next-gen leaders communicate, how we know someone is trustworthy, and what the most important piece of the puzzle is when it comes to effective communication. Your listener. But we kick things off by talking about where it all began for her, on the stage. I started from the stage, basically. I started, you know, when I was quite young, I was like, yeah, I want to be an actor and I'm going to, you know, that's what I'm going to study and I'm going to be on stage and in front of a camera, you know, that kind of feeling of fulfillment to be on stage. And I went to study theatre at university in London And um, during my studies, I actually realized that my whole world was kind of shifting. So it was no longer about that, you know, look at me, um, I want to be on stage, but rather I was really intrigued by by directing and the actual, like, what's going on behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, towards that, I was kind of more intrigued about, you know, how to, you know, asking questions and getting actors to act. And rather than me being the one acting, I wanted to be the one who was kind of like pulling the strings and leading the the whole concept. Um, After university, then I came to Finland, back to Finland, basically. I realized that um, instead of acting, I'm better doing something else. Like I'm actually good at asking questions, going deeper into the, the human psyche and, and what people, what, what, you know, why do we behave the way we do? So I was really intrigued about that. And I remember asking one of my friends, you know, um, so I always thought I'm going to be an actor and now I'm not, so what am I going to do? And he said, uh, since you love asking questions, I think journalism would be really good for you. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. <laughs> So, so that's it. So a smooth transition from the stage to TV journalism. <laughs> it sounds so easy, but of course it wasn't. So, <laughs> I, but, but anyway, so I went from the stage to, to TV news. So I was working in, in, in Finland in TV news as a, as a broadcaster and, and in radio as well. And uh, after working a few years uh, on TV, I kept getting emails from communications agencies and I was like what is a communications agency so I went and Google and googled communications agency and this whole world opened up I was like oh my god 
you know, what these do amazing stuff. You know, they get to work with companies and, and they still get to do communications and, and, you know, there's all this leadership stuff and it's really, you know, cool. So I went to work in one of the biggest, what then became the biggest communications agency in Finland and, um, and onwards, you know, going to another agency and also setting up a couple of agencies. I was working in one, my, my last communications agency role. And you know those kind of moments when you realize that something is a bit off? Yeah. Um, I was getting bad feedback, which I never was used to. And all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. just weird, weird feedback. And uh, I wasn't feeling happy and I was uh, stressed. And I actually ended up, I had a burnout. Okay. And I was like, what is this? I love my job, but something is going wrong. And so I took a couple of weeks off and I wrote a lot of things. You know, I was like, what am I good at? What do I love doing? What is my purpose? Uh, what am I energized by? And, you know, just listed things and all the things that then I circled the things that mostly came up. And it was um, helping people, serving clients, presenting. I felt that I was really good at, you know, listening to people's and my clients' needs and uh, answering those needs and and helping people. Helping, helping, helping came up. And I was like, where can I help? You know, if I've done, you know, acting and and journalism and all these communications and and really, you know, great campaigns, popular award-winning campaigns, where can I, how can I, you know, combine these? So I connected to dots and I was like, oh, my God, I can teach people. I can teach communications. I can coach. I can train. So I called my boss and I said, "Um, I want to change my role. This is what I'm going to do. And she said, okay, yeah, try it. And then I tried it and it went so well (laughs) that I decided to start my own company. So it started with coaching some of the existing agency clients yes. in communication skills, yes. media skills, perhaps. Yeah. And then it yeah. went on to you setting up your own business and developing your own method of teaching communication. Um, so I'm really interested in this idea of magnetic communication. So first of all, I'd like to understand what is magnetic communication and also how you've managed to identify this, because I think something you said before, you're, you like watching, you like asking questions, you like getting behind the veil and seeing how people tick. And you must have noticed over your career and over watching many actors, many presenters, many speakers, that there are certain things that really engage audiences and certain things that don't. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit more, what magnetic communication is and what are the things that all of us can do to communicate a little bit better. I work with corporations and uh, in leaders in, in, in big and small corporations as well. And, uh, and in my communications agency role, when I started coaching and training people, I realized that when we do your company presentation or when you, you know, if you present yourself, it's always about you, you know, companies love to talk about themselves. You know, it's, it's my products, it's what we do, it's how great we are, how amazing. And that's because we are just amazing. You should work with us. When it's about you, it's not really magnetic. So you have to actually, when I noticed this, like, this is so boring. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. This is not, you know, I'm so bored. <laughs> and if I'm bored, everybody else is going to be bored. So I was like, okay, this has to change. So instead of training companies to talk about how great they are and what their, their great product is, they have to go deeper and turn it actually the other way around. And I always ask my clients, what's in it for the other person? Yeah. Yeah, instead of concentrating on you, 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 and this is the same thing as what I discovered in acting. You know, I didn't want to just concentrate on me, 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 but, you know, the bigger context. So instead of concentrating on you and talking about how great you are, you know, what problem are you solving? Why should anyone really care about you as a person, as a company? Um, so that's something that I started, you know, thinking about. Um, and how could I combine that knowledge with what I, you know, knew about leadership and and how to lead a team or what how leadership is changing. Yeah. So just combining the dots, basically. Um, great leadership, great communication, personal development. I realize these are all the things that nobody really combines at the moment. So it's, communications training is a lot about technique. You know, it's like, yeah, how do I stand? Where do I put my hands? Uh, can I move or don't I move? And it's it's a lot about that. Uh, but I want to go deeper. I realize that it's not, it's, it's not enough. We have to really go down to what are you trying to say? You know, why should anyone care about what you're trying to say? Uh, what is your core, your core message? And and authenticity is, is yeah. very important in this. I realize that when you're kind of talking out of your, your ego and your your, your brain, then that yeah. message is very like high level. It's not really touching. It's not catching. It's not man- magnetic. When you're just saying the things that you think people want to hear, or you think that your company wants you to say, but when you go a couple of steps down to your inner voice, you, you have to start listening to your inner voice, and that's what I do in my coaching. Mm-hmm. When you learn to listen to your inner voice, then you go a bit deeper, and then you realize the essentials of your message and you go deeper into, you know, the, the core message and the way I talk right now, how I communicate, um, what, what my presence is like, um, how I'm listening, how this is perceived by the other person and do they actually connect with my message or not? Um, yeah. So you have to be more in tune with, you know, what's your inner voice and also what this other person needs. So magnetic communication, in a way, is it's serving. So it's not about you, but it's about the other people and your audience and, and your employees. And what I always say, what my motto is, in a way, it's um, uh, stop doing and start being. Being magnetic is about being, yeah, not doing. And I think that's when the real authenticity comes through, when somebody has a message that they really believe in and they're really actively trying to create a positive impact. I mean, on this podcast, I talk to a lot of female founders and particularly female founders of businesses that are trying to impact positive change, whether that's through social um, enterprises or whether it's to do with um, environmental impact businesses But one thing that really comes through, and I think why these stories are so, you know, powerful is because the focus is on the problem that they're trying to solve, um, the impact that they're trying to create, not on why you should buy my product. 
Um, and I think that's Second. where the real authenticity comes through. I also think it's particularly interesting, and I'd like to hear your take on this, that women founders and women business leaders, the why they are doing what they're doing, how it is making a positive impact seems to be particularly important. And I wonder if that's something that you experience in your coaching. I'm not saying it's unique to women, but it's something that does seem to come up again and again and again. Mm. That's a very interesting question, actually. And so many things, you know, pop up <laughs> for me. Um, one of the things I think is also that we have to look at the whole world and how leadership, the face of leadership is changing. Yeah. You know, traditionally, um, let's talk about, for example, leadership 2.0, which is the, you know, the current state or the, the, the stars are probably from the 80s. You know, so that's how when leadership actually changed to to where we are at the moment. And most of the managers, most of the directors were male. Uh, the whole leadership system is built around men and that kind of male attributes, you know, how, uh, you know, authoritarian models of, you know, being a boss rather than being a leader, you know, that's changed as well. You know, there's a difference between being a boss and between being a leader. And so we women, we've been at the receiving ends of this and, and we've grown in this kind of model. But now we're approaching leadership 3.0, which is actually we need a completely different set of skills. We have to, and we saw this in, during the pandemic, all of a sudden we are not in like face-to-face, in-person situations all the time. But when we're leading a team, you know, we maybe don't see each other for like two years. We, we, are, we are online, we are on Zoom, uh, people are distributed all over the world and, and uh, being stuck in their homes. And so that's that you need different kinds of communication and leadership skills in that environment. And even going forward, you know, what is happening with Metaverse and, and uh, Web 3.0, you know, we need different skills for that as well. So all of a sudden we have to combine in-person, online, virtual reality. <laughs> we have to, you know, we are combining all of this into this, you know, humanity and leadership and, and, and how to be in the world. So, of course, we need different kinds of skills. And uh, if we talk about, you know, the transformation from 2.0 to this 3.0, then if the 2.0 is kind of like the male model created by men um, world, and then we're moving to 3.0, all of a sudden, women are stepping up. You know, we yeah. have more space to step up now, of course. And um, and uh, so more women are also rising to those positions. Um, women are more comfortable starting their own com- companies. Um, we feel that, you know, that this whole, like, global transformation is actually leading us to this world and this situation where women have to be more present, you know, the, the, the more like soft skills. I, I hate the term, by the way. Yes, uh, we it. always think that communications and um, empathy and emotional intel- intelligence, those are soft skills. Um, they're not essential leadership skills. They're just the soft skills. But these are what people like women are actually traditionally good at. And these are the essential leadership skills of the future. You can't lead people, virtual virtual environments, online, in person, without great communication uh, and great empathy skills. So basically, you know, now it's women's turn. Um, That's why I think what's happening at the moment 
is that women are kind of stepping up. Um, we also realize that because, you know, it's our turn now, we want to make sure that we actually do something good <laughs> with yeah. this position. And and we, we realized that the kind of maybe the older models of leadership didn't really work. The, the whole leadership, I always go back to the, the whole how everything is changing at the moment and what kind of skills we need. And um, women are very, very well positioned at the moment to, to step up. I think it's really interesting um, how you were talking about the challenges of leading through, you know, the world that we're in now. You have more and more situations where you have remote teams and you're leading mm-hmm. across lo- geographic locations, across time zones, across cultures. And then you mentioned the metaverse, which is really interesting because leadership is going to go through a whole nother evolution when we're talking about the way we present ourselves in virtual spaces, um, as well as the way we present ourselves in real spaces. So I'm really interested to know if you have any advice for how leaders can, can manage these changes and how leaders can communicate effectively when you've got all of these different environments, cultural, as well as digital environments and, um, real world environments and, the challenges of leading across virtual teams and remote teams? I think one of the uh, the most important things for any leader to realize at this stage and in this world is to admit that we don't know. Yeah. We don't know where the world is going. We No one has. And the pandemic has shown that, uh, you know, who would have expected um, a few years ago that, the whole world is basically going to stop for a couple of years, you yeah. know. And now we are in a situation. There's a there's a war in Ukraine, and and who would have thought about that? You know, there's a war in Europe. You know, I wouldn't. You know, we we're next to Russia, and obviously there are yeah. certain issues with that. But you know, it's like we never expected these things to happen in 2020. So we don't know. And because and admitting saying that we don't, no one really knows. So what happens in, when, when you kind of, you surrender to that kind of, you know, not knowing, and when you don't know, you pay more attention. So that's when you go, you go inwards and you, you start asking yourself, you know, the wisdom is there. Like, how do I communicate in this situation? How can I be more present for these people and really listen? Yeah. And really connect. Connecting is not the same as looking. Yeah. You know, when you connect, you really connect. And this is what I go through in my in my coaching. I teach people how to really connect with people. It's all about whether it's in the metaverse, whether, whether it's uh, remote teams and uh, different time zones. It's all about human connection. It's still going to be, whether it's avatars and whether it's whatever is going on, it's still about the human connection. So you have to concentrate on building that connection. I think it's very interesting. You mentioned earlier that some of these skills, empathy, the ability to connect with people, listening skills are something that perhaps perhaps come more naturally to women. And there's been a lot of talk recently about feminine leadership styles. So mm-hmm. styles which don't they don't embody that strong man. I have all the, the answers. Um, follow me. I will keep you safe. That style of leadership. There's been an acknowledgement, I think, 
that feminine leadership styles, which are more inclusive, a lot more collaborative, focus a lot on working as a team, can be really effective. And certainly in New Zealand, where I'm from, we see that very clearly with Jacinda Ardern and some of the messaging that she had during the COVID pandemic. She often talked about New Zealand as being a team of 5 million. And this was really effective because it, it did make people want to band together and solve this issue as a collective. And it meant that there was a a lot more buy-in for some of the restrictive lockdowns because as a collective, New Zealanders felt that they were part of a team all doing their bit to, to combat this virus. And I know that there have been similar things said about Sanamarin um, in Finland. So I'm just interested to, to get your take on how we see these kinds of female leaders and young female leaders using these skills to really really great effect and what we can all learn from them. Um, both of them, Sanna Marina and Jacinda, they're amazing, like really great examples of the next-gen leadership, basically. Yeah. Um, and next-gen leadership, I talk about it, it's not about your age, you know. Um, you can be 70 and you can be a next-gen leader. You know, mm-hmm. it's about the attitude. It's about different skills than, you know, what the previous generations of, of leaders have, have uh, cultivated. So this next-gen leadership is, um, like in these cases with Sanna and, and, and Jacinda, um, you know, it's about compassion mm-hmm. and, and showing. And, and actually what I, what I like, the best kind of communication is always action. Uh-huh. You know, it's not the words, but it's actually what you do. That is the, the best communication ever, always. And these two women, they are great examples of, following up on those yeah. those words and, and actually doing things. So instead mm-hmm. of like uh, previously it could have been like, I'll just tell you what to do and I'll just tell how it is and then you follow me and then you listen because I'm the director or I'm the, the president or whatever. But now it's like it doesn't work like that anymore. It's like if, if you have director printed on your business card that the people automatically trust you because you have the, the title you have to own it. You have to do. Uh, you have to actually prove to people that you you are trustworthy, and this means that you you are following up on your your words. The things you say is one thing; it's the beginning. But what you actually do and how you communicate in your actions—that's that's next gen leadership. And and these both leaders, they are really amazing in that that they actually do things that people perceive as being you know, impactful, important, yeah. um, showing empathy and, and compassion. Uh, for example, what Jacinda did with the, uh, the Christchurch um, after that um, horrible um, thing in Christchurch, um, that was like globally, it was uh, recognized as, as being such a lovely gesture, but also very authentic. You know, it yeah. came from a place of authenticity and you could see it. You can always see when someone is coming from the place of, you know, uh, authenticity and, and service. With people, we are really good at spotting these things, aren't we? You notice when someone is being really authentic and actually meaning it. And also I would like to point out that this feminine leadership style, it can be in men as well. 
yeah you know we both have that side we have the, the masculine side i have the masculine side you have the masculine side then i have the feminine side and and men have the feminine side so we can all have that it doesn't it's not about the sex it's it's um it's about the qualities that you you decide to work on and you decide to bring up in different situations yeah uh so yeah these two leaders are really using the best qualities in their feminine sides to pull people in they're really magnetic magnetic communication is about pulling people in uh, and people want to follow you you're like a magnet because you're authentic Um, i think the world would be a much better place if we we had more leaders like them yeah yeah i completely agree and you know I'm really interested in this relationship between trust and communication, but also trust mm. and effective leadership, because we've also had examples recently of leaders who have a history of not just being selective about the stories they tell, but actually telling downright lies. And I'm thinking specifically about leaders like Boris Johnson, who have publicly been shown to have been dishonest on a number of occasions. Can you ever come back from that? How can we be trustworthy? Can we rebuild trust? Can we create authenticity? Why, why do we follow leaders who lie? Mm, heavy questions. <laughs> um, let's start with the, the, the first one, like how can it be more trustworthy? I would like to split this question into two bits, basically. Um, one is if we look at just communication, communication-wise, how can it be more trustworthy? Um, there are certain tips. Uh, one is obviously eye contact, but not just looking. I talked about this before. You know, this is looking. You're looking. You're, yeah, yeah. I, I see you. I'm, I'm looking at you, but you're not really connecting. So when I when I when I talk about eye contact, it's actually connection with people. So when you see certain leaders, for example, Barack Obama is really great at this, or Michelle Obama, you know, really connecting with people. So even if they're on a big stage, it feels like they are looking at certain people, like really connecting. Mm -hmm. You stop for a second and you connect. You can't connect with everyone if there's like a thousand people in the audience, but at least connect with one, two, three, four, five people. And that pulls you in. That kind of creates that kind of magical energy yeah. um, in the arena where people are like, oh, my God, he's really talking to me. So that's one thing. People trust you more when you can really authentically connect with people and you have the courage to look at them. Eye contact is very vulnerable. You're, you're showing, showing all your emotions and vulnerability in eye contact. So many people try to avoid eye contact. But when you actually connect, that's when you're revealing yourself. That's that's so magnetic if you can do that. And that builds trust. Another thing is your tone of voice. If you are talking like this, you go up in your sentences like this all the time. <laughs> Hello. Uh, it's so <laughs> lovely to see you. Uh, I'm really trustworthy. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, it might sound really, you know, warm and, 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 and lovely and, you know, but it's not really building trust. So instead of Going up in your sentences, try going down. Slow it down. Go down in your sentences. And that makes you sound more trustworthy. And the other one is let them see your hands. Okay, that's interesting. It's amazing. Like it's actually, according to studies, 
Uh, when people can see your hands, they trust you more. So if you hide your hands in your pockets or behind your back, we are instantly thinking, what's there? Does he have something to hide? When you hide your hands, then you have something to hide. So even in these online settings, even if you're on Zoom, you know, just lift up your hands every now and then. When you're, for example, I have three points to make. One is this, two is this, and the third one is this. Let them see your hands. So that builds trust. But then when we look at the bigger context, we look at how leadership and the how, how world is transforming and changing. You know, no longer um, your title is a guarantee of trustworthiness. Like in, in Boris Johnson's case, in the old world, we we had uh, companies built top to bottom. You know, there's the director and then there's the few people that he trusts and that's the kind of circle of trust that we have here. Uh, you get the information if we trust you. And, uh, you know, and then it's distributed on the basis of what your title is. But now it's, it's like that top-down model doesn't work anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't trust people just because they are at the top. You know, we distribute trust. Uh, it's not smart for uh, companies or even countries to have that, you know, that mega leader, that boss who tells everyone what to do, <laughs> um, you end up in war. So basically, um, it's not a good strategy in companies anymore either to have that one big boss. What if that big boss leaves? You know? Yeah. So just distributing trust in organization is is a very important leadership 3.0 model. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think making sure your actions back up what you say is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, a promise is a big commitment. Mm-hmm. If you if you say you're going to do something, deliver it. And and if you can't do it for whatever mm-hmm. reason, then you need to be upfront about it. And we all know these things because we were all taught these things as children. But I think oftentimes as adults, we we forget um, along the way. So I wanted to talk a little bit now about communication fails or maybe miscommunications. Like you mentioned earlier, for example, having your hands behind your back can make you seem untrustworthy or as if you've got something to hide. But what are some of the other things that we might do that could turn people off or make them disconnect from us? Because I think we often assume that we are being understood in the way we mean to be understood um, but there's so many levels to communication. It's not just how you say it. It's what you look like when you say it mm. and all of the context around it. So what are some of those contextual things that we really need to be aware of? It's interesting that according to studies, about 70, at least 70% of all communication is something other than words. Okay. So if we think about it, we always concentrate on the words. But we should actually be more, more, more concerned about how am I saying it? Mm-hmm. How am I being present in this situation? What is my body language? What are my eyes revealing in this situation? But when you are being authentic and when you're speaking from your heart, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about these things. Then you don't have to worry about, you know, what are my eyes revealing? Uh, how am I sounding? Because it comes naturally and it's naturally magnetic, you know. But when, when we're trying to fake it, so to speak, when we are uh, more concerned about how am I coming across and, and uh, do I look good and, <laughs> you know, yeah. do I come across as powerful or, you know, confidence and whatever, then we're in our heads and we're thinking too much of ourselves 
yeah. and in with our heads rather than with our hearts. You know, the way we work at the moment, there's so much communication that is happening via email, on Slack channels or messaging channels. And those are the kinds of communications that, particularly in my experience, are most likely to be misinterpreted because there's no context. So if you were going to have a really difficult conversation with your boss, a coworker, you know, maybe a client, how should you approach that? How can you think about the way you're going to communicate before starting this conversation or series of conversations in a way that's going to be able to be best understood? Firstly, try to come from the space of love, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it's a tough conversation. So, you know, I'm the one person who hasn't always succeeded in this. You know, I'm very reactive. So before you send anything else, <laughs> you know, try to connect with that, you know, that, that kind of loving you. Yeah. You know, when, when, when we have really negative people, like get really defensive. And when people get really defensive, that breaks down the communication. Then you can't really win anymore. So we try to avoid that kind of uh, I get defensive, you get defensive, but so there's no communication anymore. So at least you, uh, when you initiate that kind of conversation, or even if someone is being really pushy and, and someone is being in that negative space, try to turn it around by understanding that, you know, they are being in that reactive space and now I need to slow things down and maybe try to turn it to, like, I actually, I come from the space of love and, and light and, and let's see how this goes. So anyway, so that's the first thing. And then the second is that, um, like I said earlier, is when 70, at least 70% of all communication is something other than words. Mm -hmm. Then when you are having these tough conversations, please don't send it on an email. Because people don't really understand what you mean. And we all have had this lost in translation moment during the pandemic. Some new studies showed that even 90% of communication is something other than words. So Mm -hmm. when we don't see each other, we can misinterpret each other. Always try to meet people face-to-face, even if they are the other side of the world, uh, but connects with them on Zoom or or meet or whatever. And it's so much easier. That's when you have that human connection. And that's when when it's so much easier to have a truthful, um, authentic conversation. And if someone asks something like a tough question, you breathe in first. You don't have to answer. You can take a couple of seconds, breathe in, connect with that person, and then answer. And it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a completely different discussion afterwards. Yeah. I think that's a really useful point as well because when you take that moment to pause before reacting and to connect with somebody then it becomes less about whatever you're feeling and more about the other person. And I think that's been kind of a constant theme through this conversation. Effective communication and effective leadership, it's not about you. It's always about your audience and the person you're trying to connect with, um, communicate with, or lead. So I wanted to ask you, so what does purpose mean to you? Um, I think purpose is energy. I always think that, you know, when we, uh, my clients ask me, so what is my purpose? What is this company's purpose? And um, how do I find my purpose? 
well, how, how do you find your purpose is that you follow, kind of analyze, and you try to spot those moments when you're feeling energized. Yeah. What do you, when, when you're doing something and you feel like, oh my God, time is just going by so quickly and I'm in this flow state and just start really paying attention to those things that you're doing at that moment. And then you can discover your purpose. It's just energy, you know, it's, yeah. I'm in a really good space when I do X, I love, love it. I, I'm at my best and I think I'm shining and sparkling when I do X. The purpose is inside. It's not, again, it's not outside. It's not external. The purpose is something that is inside. And for you, what is it? What is the thing that energizes you and makes you feel like you're in that flow state? I love it when I'm actually helping people and when I see that the eyes lit up and they're like, oh my God, I've just discovered something about myself. And it happens in coaching. It can happen online. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. in person, but I see when the energy, energy in that person shifts. Yeah. So my purpose is to to inspire people to communicate their true selves and be more of who they are. I can see that. I love having these kinds of conversations. These kinds of conversations always energize me. I always mm-hmm. end these recordings feeling really buzzy. And I can see it with you as well. I can see that mm-hmm. you also come to conversations with so much energy. So thank you so much for the energy that you've brought to this conversation today. But I wanted to end by asking what's next. What's next for Mario and your business? Yeah. Well, it's a very exciting space at the moment. Yeah. This year it's been up and down very much, you know, starting 2022. Um, all of a sudden in this completely different. First we get rid of pandemic and then we have war in Europe. Yeah. And it's just been like, oh my God, what is coming next? Yeah. So <laughs> But yeah, you know, so um, in all this turmoil, you know, what I do is like I look inside again. I I need to you know stop and see like what is um, what do I focus on? What, what what is next for Mario? Yeah, I had this really strong revelation when I was in Davos uh, in Switzerland in May. It was the the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. week. And, and I was there with uh, initiative with this initiative that I work with called Finish Flow. And mm-hmm. uh, we organized events during uh, World Economic Forum where we had um, people like Deepak Chopra and Sadhguru as our guest, guest speakers. Okay. Wow. So we have a room full of leaders, CEOs, United Nations ambassadors, and we have um, different, you know, people from different religions and cultures. Mm. And then... When Deepak Chopra is talking, he makes us meditate simultaneously, like in this big room. So people close their eyes and they start, you know, meditating. And I look around the room and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this is the next level of leadership. You know, regardless of who you are, regardless of your, you know, spiritual beliefs, you know, just stopping for a second, closing your eyes, breathing at the same time, uh, meditating in this room. And I looked around and I was like, oh, my God, I need to write a book. So, so basically I just had this huge revelation um, that um, that's what I'm going to do. And I need to, we need to basically um, remake leadership. That's, yeah. That was the revelation. We need to remake leadership and we are entering leadership 3.0. We need next-gen leaders. We need next-generation leaders to take us forward. Um, starting this autumn, 
I'm taking this, this baby on the road. So um, I've been coaching um, clients in Europe and in other countries as well, in, in Singapore and so, so on during the pandemic. But now, uh, because we can now meet in person, um, I'm um, doing this, this new coaching program, uh, which is along those lines of uh, combining magnetic communication with uh, Leadership 3.0. Okay. Um, I'm collaborating with uh, a couple of other coaches and we're taking this baby to um, London oh, first cool. where cool. we are organising these in-person retreats or events in, mm-hmm. in October. And, uh, and prior to that, um, also organizing this online summit where everyone around the world can jump in and and um, learn about leadership 3.0 and magnetic communication and 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 how to become the next gen leader that's i think we 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 actually need and the world deserves <laughs> i'm just i'm i'm just so happy that you know things are coming together and and i get to do this this what i do yeah well i mean I think it also says something about the flow state that you're in, right? When you, you mm-hmm. said to, you said earlier that you believe purpose is energy and something that I have learned as I've been talking to many different leaders is that when that energy is directed in a really intentional and purposeful way, it also attracts lots of really exciting um, opportunities, which can create a lot of impact, um, for yourself, but also for um, for the people around you and, and your clients and the people who you're impacting. So I think that's really exciting. I'm really interested in the book. There were two things that you've said about leadership in this conversation, which have really stuck. And I think are really, really important messages for anybody who's in a leadership role or aspiring to be in a leadership role. And that is accept that you don't know everything and it's okay not to know and be present in those tough moments, because that's what we all need to learn how to do, right? Lead through an uncertainty in those tough moments, you know, just breathe, yeah. breathe be present yeah. and, um, and you'll figure out a way to take the next step. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much for your time, Mario. I really enjoyed this chat. Yeah. And thank you so much for all of the advice and and really interesting ideas that you've shared. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and if anybody, you know, who listens to this is interested in, you know, just um, jumping in on a call um, or on the, uh, the Next Gen Leadership online summits that we are hosting, I'm just about to release the dates. Yep. Um, so you can go to magneticexecutive.com, which is my website, or my mariohelman.com. I have two websites, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be publishing the uh, the dates for online summits and also for the London dates very soon. So if you're if you're in London or also um, anywhere else in the world, then you can just jump in on the uh, the the online version. So I'm really looking forward to that, and 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 I'm here to help with with big or small issues and. And yeah, so I, I absolutely, I love this conversation. It was so lovely and, and I feel you have that kind of energy as well that is uh, probably very, very, um, it's very unique and, and you're very easy to talk to and, and, and I think you, your listeners are really lucky to have you as a, as a, you know, having this kind of pod- podcast, very important stuff. Oh, thank you so much for that, Mario. Um, mm-hmm. And all of the, the links um, that you've 
mentioned all of the websites the details will all be in the show notes so um, people can go there and I'll also be posting about the dates of the summit in London when that becomes available yeah perfect so thanks again (laughs) thank you so much I love this conversation thank you I loved this chat with Mario because she's so warm and she has that special skill that many great communicators have of making you feel really listened to, like she's really understood you, which just reinforces the crux of her message, that great communicators focus on their audience. Because without connection, what you say is just words. If you want to hear more about Mario's upcoming projects, like The Summit or her new book, I've linked to her website in the show notes. And you'll hear from me again soon. Bye.